Hey everybody, welcome to Illegal Moves with Liz and Taylor. Where we cover sports from the field to the court. Okay. Right. Look at the camera for that. Look look I'm in the maybe. people's oh, eyes. Oh, I guess we should. Look in the people's eyes. This is episode one. We're going to figure this out. Um, all right. So a little bit about us. Um, I'm Elizabeth Booker Houston, aka Booker Squared on TikTok and Instagram. I cover all kinds of legal and political topics. And this is Taylor James. Taylor, do you want to tell the people how we know each other? Uh, sure, but uh, you said your full name. I'm going to say my full name because uh, I have three first and three last names. I don't know if you know my, my uh, Taylor Hamilton James. I know Hamilton. Blessed know with Hamilton. it. If I ever write a book or do anything you know, real famous, T.H. James, I think would sound really, really fancy. But uh, but how? Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm Taylor. Uh, I am the Taylor of the Catherine and Taylor. Uh, uh, Catherine is Liz's best friend for, you just had a friend anniversary. How many years is it now? Is I think like, 22. And oh if my... I got that wrong, <laughs> Catherine. Did I put you on, uh, wait, hold on. Just, just move your mouth and then we'll edit it in how many years it was. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, so I, I'm Catherine's uh, boyfriend and, uh, Liz and well, I, life partner. you're like, are, you're like, you're like, well, you know, it's more serious. We are. And I see, and that's what's. Like we're not married, we're not going to get married. That's not going to happen. And so we've kind of settled on partner, which I think is great. I I, I think is great. Uh, but I can't help but always think like like oh who's Catherine? Like she's my partner. I I just every time I want to say that every single time. Um, but uh, but yeah. So who yeah. swears he doesn't have a southern accent and makes fun of mine? We're both from Memphis, Tennessee. I did. Well, hold on a minute. I didn't make fun of yours. I just I I, I love. I, I I was more. I I enjoyed that it came out and it was it was so strong and I, I do get and it depends on the company I'm in. Um, if I get around, oh man, um, it start it just starts creeping in a little bit, you know, and I'm like, oh man, I gotta like I gotta rein that in a little bit because it does get. It does get out of hand, yes. A little bit, a little bit, bit. but it's all good. So funny story about Taylor is one of the first times that I really got to like heavily interact with him was at my wedding because my husband, Billy and I, we eloped kind of. Our parents were there. We were getting married in my grandparents' backyard in Chicago. Catherine and Taylor, how long have y'all been dating at that point? Uh, So we met in January kind of started hanging out like february so i mean four months four yeah months? five months because this, yeah. this was may 7th 2016 and Catherine was of course as my my best friend um gonna come up to the wedding and and you know be in the backyard with us get married and taylor was like i don't want you driving by yourself i'll go with you and she was like are you okay if this guy i've been dating for like a minute comes to your wedding and i was like yeah we just want to include him in all the photos <laughs> <laughs> um and you know seven and a half years later <laughs> yeah no hey smart again. smart move to be like there's no pictures just in case i don't and know. he ended up being in the best pictures of the next year because once they were super serious and we had our wedding on our one year anniversary where we had like 200 people invited like we had a wedding on our anniversary for like all the other folks who got had to miss out on the chicago elopement um, Taylor was a groomsman. I, was. In, I got, uh, I got in really good shape for that, by the way. I, man, I was worked in, very hard. I did. I water cut it for that. It was dumb. I don't know why I did that, but, uh, man, I fit 
really good in my pants. I have, it's fine. I've uh, cleaning has to golf stuff. Golf season is coming to an end and I've just got to get all my stuff cleaned up. So yes. And Taylor does play. He, he is a golf loving man. Yeah. Um, sports well, loving man. I'm so- a sports loving man. That is what I, that is what I truly am at, at my core. And that's why we decided, you know, actually it was Taylor, I think it was your main idea to like start the podcast because I had been, and to give like a hint on today's topic, I had done some reels and some TikToks, very just short form videos um, about Michael Ower and this conservatorship, which is what we're going to talk in detail about today. And, you know, we started talking about other things that were just interesting in sports where there were just legal things that crossed over into sports that happens all the time just casually on the phone. And then Taylor was like, we should do a podcast because I'm the sports guy. You're the lawyer girl. Yeah. I, you know, I, I have done, uh, I did like a beer kind of podcast video thing in the past and, and have done some stuff and I've always enjoyed it. Um, and, uh, for me, good creative outlet, just sit here, talk, especially talk about things that I enjoy or, uh, you know, want to learn more about kind of thing. And uh, yeah, I think we had actually Michigan, the, the whole Michigan State thing, which we'll, we'll get into at some point. We'll get into that because uh, oh that's, that's, really, that's really where we started talking. But yes, very it excited. Is. And we get along. Taylor, I adore him and uh, I'm happy that he's with my best friend. So <laughs> this just makes it easier to have somebody that I can have a podcast with like to talk to. So. Absolutely. No, absolutely. And, and uh, you know, you're uh, you're going to learn uh, from me a little bit with some of the sports stuff. I'm going to learn. Uh, from you, some of his legal stuff and, and maybe some more stuff uh, along the way, because uh, you, you never know. You never really know. So let's talk about Michael Ower. We are going to start with the stats and the facts. Um, that's how we're going to start our episodes. Where we're going to break this down. OK, so the facts that we have right now are that it was what a little late this summer that it uh, came yeah. out that Michael Ower had been under a conservatorship by the Tuies. Um, if you guys have ever seen the movie The Blind Side, that is allegedly, we'll get into that, based on Michael Ower's life. And this conservatorship came out of nowhere because, and I'll get into more detail about it, but this this was very improper for a conservatorship to be granted. And it was granted in Shelby County Probate Court. And that's where I came into talking about this because I, um, as a law student, while working in a legal clinic under a limited license, I handled conservatorship cases in the Shelby County probate court. So while I'm not an expert by any means when it comes to probate or conservatorships, I know more than the average person. I probably know more than the average lawyer just because I had the opportunity to actually work on this sort of case and specifically in Tennessee because conservatorships and guardianships, the law around that varies greatly. You'll find that Tennessee is kind of different and I'll talk more about that too from other states. Um, you are going to learn that it's very similar to California, which of course brings up the infamous Britney Spears conservatorship. And I like do want people to have that in the back of their minds when thinking about this case. But long story short, Michael Ower found out he was under this conservatorship rather than being adopted at all this time and how the blind side portrayed it in the movie was he assumed that he was under something, either an adoption or something like an adoption and not a conservatorship. And apparently his attorneys found this around February of this year. Um, A lot of people are speculating that it had to do with the fact that he just got married, I think the end of last year. And so maybe in trying to get all of his legal affairs in order with his wife and adding her to things, that's how his attorneys found out that this was a conservatorship and not just an adoption. Um, 
So Taylor, do you want to tell us a little bit about who Michael Orr is? What are the stats? Yeah, here's the thing. Uh, Michael Orr is a mountain of a man. Okay, at his at his best, six four, three fifteen. This dude is an absolute beast. Okay, if there's one thing the blind side did show uh, when he was dominant, right? He was dominant. Uh, his senior year at Ole Miss, he was in a unanimous All American, was a first round draft pick in the NFL, and had a ten year long career. Uh, the average uh, career in the NFL is about three and a half years. Uh, so played a long time, was successful, you know, bounced around a little bit, did not win a, a, a Super Bowl or anything like that, uh, but was, uh, oh, I lied. He did. He was on that. He was on that Baltimore oh, team. Snap. Mistake. He's even better than I thought. He did win a Super Bowl <laughs> with uh, with Baltimore. Um, off, it's fine. We'll uh, we'll fix it in post because that's what they always say, right? Yeah, we'll fix it Are we going to? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll probably, I'll probably fix it in post. <laughs> fix it in post. Uh, but saying, uh, Michael or, uh, just uh, unreal football player. Uh, he started every single game he played 110 games in, in the <laughs> NFL, uh, was, was dominant in the SEC. Uh, I mean, just, you know, as far as it, you know, offensive linemen are weird. It's, it's not a sexy position, right? Uh, it is, it is not a skill position. Uh, you know, you're, you don't score all the touchdowns, you're not, but you are a huge part of the team. And when you can have a guy like Michael Orr on your offensive line who can absolutely lock down, uh, it is a huge, huge piece to the team. Right. And he does have a very interesting story. Like I, you know, the, the movie, it's it's a movie, right? It's Hollywood. It does right. have to sell a movie, and uh, you have to have your characters and fo- and I get it and whatever. Uh, he does have a really incredible story of somebody who really came from nothing, and because of his talents, made something of himself. And right. and I think I think that's you know you obviously find that across sports of yeah. uh, and, folks I, and that's that, I'm so glad you said that because a lot of people so some misconceptions that we can go ahead and clear up right now. Yeah, if anybody is familiar, so. Just some more quick facts. The Tuies took him in because he was unhoused during high school. He was attending Briarcrest High School. They took him in when he was 17 years old and let him stay with in their home. And um, what is Leanne's husband's name? I, I swear I forget it every time. Uh, Sean. Sean. So Leanne Tuie and Sean Tuie, those are, those. that's the couple. Um, Sean Tuie, you know, he worked for the athletic program, the football program at Ole Miss. Specifically, he was, what was he? What was his title? Sean Tuey? Yeah. Uh, so, well, he was a, uh, he went to Ole Miss, so University of Mississippi. But he didn't work, he didn't work for them officially. No, 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 no. Okay. He was a sports commentator. He did that for a while. Uh, he also... He was a booster or whatever. Uh, he, yeah, he was a booster of the program. Oh, okay. Yeah. So just, it was, uh, you know, that was, it, it really made sense when Michael Orr decided to go old Ole Miss just because of the connections there. It made all the sense in the world. And, so the just, uh, and you'll find that, uh, especially, I mean, in the SEC, uh, very deep connections that run for a long time. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, obviously that's kind of, I mean, I think that's just generally in the South in sports, not just SEC. Um, so there, right. there's always those strong connections there. So, uh, anytime you've got a player like that and there is some type of connection, the school is going to, you know, use that as much as they can to try to get those players to come to their schools. So that makes total big sense. reason why he went to Ole Miss. 
Yeah. And, and I knew it wasn't, yeah, I knew he had some sort of connection. I couldn't remember exactly what Sean's connection was, but Leanne and Sean Tui took Michael in when he was about 17. He was unhoused. He was attending Briarcrest, which is a very prestigious high school in Memphis. Something that we want to get on the table is, you know, when this story broke in a lot of comment sections, I saw a whole lot of folks who were saying he would have never gotten into that high school and been on the football team. He was already a Briarcrest. He got in on his own. He was already playing football. The Tuies had nothing to do with Michael Ower and Briarcrest. It was actually someone else who had um, encouraged Michael to apply. And so he, at 17 years old, there's, that makes no sense, by the way. That whole story, that part of the blind side where they're like, at 17, all of a sudden, he's playing football at this high level. And he's been playing football since he was a kid, y'all. This, this is, that's ridiculous. Um, that part of the movie where she's like explaining Leanne Tui, played by Sandra Bullock, God loves Sandy Bullock. She ain't got nothing to do with this drama and everybody needs to leave her alone. She was just playing a part. Um, yeah. Sandra Bullock and her, and her character was teaching him how to block. And that is the most ridiculous thing ever. And one of the things that Michael took issue with is how he was portrayed in this movie. And we'll talk yeah. more. But yeah, let's, uh, let's, the let's, there. let's lay this out there. Um, yeah. <laughs> There are there are very uh, few cases they do exist of folks never having played football and jumping in in high school and being an athlete. Now, those folks are straight up athletes, and they could have probably gone on any sport they wanted to. Okay, uh, we are talking about a five star recruit uh, who uh, was successful. Uh, that just doesn't happen overnight. Uh, obviously. In high school, right, it helps when you're just really big because not everyone else is anywhere near as big as you, uh, but you still know how, how have to know how to use it and how to be athletic. So, yes, uh, he is he is a he is a genetic freak, right? Uh, in the best was, way. <laughs> in the best way possible, right? He was built to play football and yeah. he chose that and applied himself at it. And that is why he was very good. Uh, now. Exactly. 150%. Now. And yeah. he and he also several times at Ole Miss, from what I understand from what's been reported, made the Dean's list. So the way they're trying to portray this this young man as being just an idiot, <laughs> he his grades were fine. There's there's no even if he struggled some, I mean hell, I failed algebra too when I was yeah. in high school because uh, I have all kinds of dyscalculian number dyslexia. And I was an AP and an honor student and I still went on to great. You know, so even if he had failed some tests or some quizzes and needed some tutoring, the way they tried to portray him as if he was just a total buffoon is insane because yeah. Briar Crest, he still had to make at least decent grades. And the fact that he went on to be successful in college and was able to, he, 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 he did fine yeah. because even if they're going to talk about fluffing somebody's grades to be able to play football, nobody's fluffing your grades to be on the Dean's list. They're going to fluff them to a D or a C to barely pass. They're not right. going to, they're not going to stick you on the Dean's list just so you can continue <laughs> to play. It makes no sense. Yes. So. And he, you know, he, he finished, he finished his senior year with a 2.52. Uh, he had to retake some class. He did. He put in the work though. Right. Look, I look, I, I, that's better. I dropped out of college for God's sakes. You know, it's like, so, uh, you know, he, he, he did what he needed to do. And we look, uh, 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 sports folks know we get it. Everybody's a, you know, communications major. Right. And there's yeah. all this stuff and there's help. Look, okay. It's high level sports at that. And, and I would like to, at one point we can just get into the NCAA in general with all their fun stuff. Um, 
it's a business. Like it, it's a business. Yes. Like they can say they're not for profit and they're for student athletes, but like at this point, the amount of money college football generates, it's a business. Yep. And NILs and all that fun stuff. And that's just and like we're going to talk about we're going to talk about worms, right? <laughs> uh, you know, because I, that's a obviously hot topic right now. Yeah. Um, but whatever you think happens in college football or whatever does happen in college football, it doesn't matter. The kid got into an SEC school. Mm-hmm. Right. And was successful on the field and and in the classroom and was yep. able to you know graduate from college. So exactly. And a two point like, five two. Y'all can shake your noses at it. That's a C plus. So you know what? We're going to take it because. Yeah, I believe there was a didn't they say George W. Bush ran the whole country and was a C student? Come on. You know, so. <laughs> hey, hey, I mean, C, C students run the world, man. Uh, I mean, really, though. And so all that aside, the whole point that Taylor and I are trying to make and really drive that point home to the folks who want to be naysayers in those comment sections and just put Michael lower down. He earned what he got and he did it. The twoies, they saw a young man. They wanted to bring it to their home that was already talented, already on that path, already a five star recruit. No one needs to take that from him. So we'll start there. Now, when it comes to this conservatorship, what happened and what a lot of people remember in the movie is that they said they wanted to adopt him. Now, the excuse that was given when the conservatorship came out and that was revealed was that, well, he was too old to adopt. Some people tried to make that excuse. That's not true. I just want to also put legally on the table (laughs) in Tennessee, you can be adopted after the age of 18. And it's actually really easy to do. So if they waited until his 18th birthday, they could have absolutely had him. All he has to do is sign some papers and say, I want to be adopted by them. It is much easier to adopt an adult, in the, at least in the state of Tennessee, than it is to adopt a child, a minor child. So that makes no sense. They, they could have absolutely adopted him. What that would then entail, and you can make your, draw your own conclusions from this because there's been no official statements made. If he were legally adopted, that also means that he would be legally entitled to the two weeks fortune in the same way that they're, biological children are. So you can take from that what you will. Um, But let's talk about conservatorships real quick in Tennessee. Having been someone who worked on conservatorships, I want to point out that I worked in a medical legal partnership clinic. That's where you have lawyers, social workers, and doctors working together in a pediatric hospital, specifically a pediatric hospital in Memphis at Le Bonheur Children's Hospital, where we gave pro bono services, meaning free, to children who had significant health needs and who were low income. And what came up very often is there were profoundly disabled children who were going to be completely unable to care for themselves throughout their entire lives for various reasons, um, whose family members, usually parents and older siblings, had been caring for them this whole time. And they're about to become legal adults at 18. And in order for them to continue to be covered by insurance by their parents or their siblings to be able to have those people make medical decisions for them, you get what is called a conservatorship. In the state of Tennessee, a conservatorship is something you get on anyone who is age 18 or older who is significantly disabled to the point that they cannot make any legal decisions about their personal and financial life. So personal being everything from like where they live, you know, all of that to financial, any kind of money that they might have coming in. Um, The children that I and who were becoming adults that I did these conservatorships for typically didn't really have any money beyond the social security disability checks they had. They, they relied a lot on their parents, adult siblings, people like that to continue to financially care for them. 
Um, but even so, one thing about conservatorships is you have to give financial disclosures every single year to the Shelby County Probate Court to prove that you're not taking advantage of this person. And again, these were very, very rare cases that these would come up and we would go through everything with a fine tooth comb. And e and I'm going to tell you, I went in front of Judge Kathleen Gomes for all the conservatorships that I did. And that's very significant here because Judge Kathleen Gomes is the one who was assigned to recently handle Michael Ower's conservatorship. Um, she does not play. If a disabled person in any way has any sort of autonomy that she thinks in any category of their lives to be able to make decisions, she will strike that from the order as she should, because I do think that people should have the maximum autonomy that is afforded to them. We've seen it happen way too often with disabled people um, that they're taken advantage of, not treated like humans. And then <laughs> you have cases like, let's bring it around to Britney Spears, Yes. Where you see these being used to completely take advantage of an individual. The Britney Spears conservatorship is absolutely appalling. And I want to point out that with that conservatorship, they were able to cite, even though still not, not right for them to do, they were able to cite some sort of mental health need, a mental struggle to try to justify this. In the conservatorship for Michael Ower, it very clearly states that he had no intellectual or physical disabilities in the conservatorship order. And in the state of Tennessee, you are never supposed to grant a conservatorship if there is any, if there isn't like a severe physical and intellectual disability. So, so they so stated we'll in the order. Well, just just to show you that he did not, uh, as far as I believe, have any physical uh, uh, disabilities. Uh, here are his combine measurements. Six, six foot four and a half, 309 pounds. His 40 yard dash was 5.16. For reference, uh, in high school, I was same height I am now. So five, seven, five, eight, whatever. Uh, I read like a five, two. Okay. I was slow. I was slow, but like this man's six foot four, 310 pounds. Uh, his, uh, 20 yard shuttle, 4.6, three cone drill, 7.81 seconds, 31 inch vertical jump and an eight foot seven broad jump. He benched 225 for 23 reps. Okay. So that we is, know no physical disabilities. That's a and specimen we, right there. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And we know no intellectual disabilities because what we just stated earlier about his success in high school and college, like even if, I mean, there, there's obviously none of that, but even if there was some argument to be made. The judge who signed the order straight up admitted in the order himself that there was no physical or mental disability to the point that judge Kathleen Gomes, when she got this order in front of her, she, she was shocked. Um, she was pretty disgusted and she had no idea why this order was put in place because it made absolutely no sense based on what the law requires. And she terminated that order as she should. Um, if people are interested in looking at the order, I've shared it on my social media page, um, on my Instagram and my TikTok. And the attorneys who represented the Tuies were Ballin, Ballin and Fishman. And the order was signed by Judge Robert Benham, who was retired and is now in California. And if y'all want some gossip now, because Taylor and I promised since we're from Memphis, we're from Shelby County, we kind of know some of these Born people. Born and raised. Born and raised. Um, I have been in Judge Benham's home in Memphis, Tennessee. I was, I was, when I saw that name and I had a friend back home who was an attorney, send me a copy of that order very kindly and said, 
Judge Robert Benham signed him. I don't, I don't know who that is. And I was like, holy shit, I do know who that is. For the funniest reason, my mother made custom curtains and all kinds of stuff like that. And she made some things for Judge Benham's wife. And I used to help my mom a lot of times go deliver these things and all of that. We got to talking. They found out I was going to start law school. This was after he had retired and everything. And they said they were getting ready to pack up and move to California. And he lived Taylor, by the way. So you know that like those huge mansions when you go down McLean and you turn off into that cove that like leads near Overton Park, like yep. really like right yep. on top of like the zoo. They lived in one of those big old, Ooh. big old mansions. And nice. It was just a strange thing to see all of this in the news and seeing like, it, it was very strange for me to see all of this happening in the news and then realize how I was in some way, even if minor connected to some of the people in this, the yeah. fact that I'd been in front of judge Gomes in her court, the fact that I had been in judge Benham's house with his wife and chatted yeah. with her. And he had given me some like random advice about going into law school. And I'm gonna tell you right now, I don't know what advice he gave me, but I ain't taking it. Cause sir, yeah. you well, don't know and, how to grant conservatorships. And, and here's uh, for those of you not in Memphis, uh, uh, and, and your, your, your city, however big may be, may be like it as well. But we always talk about Memphis, how such a small town this place is. And, uh, it is, it is six degrees of Kevin Bacon all the time, <laughs> all the time. uh, with folks. I went to a new side tangent. I went to a new eye doctor. turns out she's the sister of one of the beer distributors I work with and like know him super well. And I was like, I'm calling him right now. Got to call him right, you know. So small town, so so town. everybody ends up knowing everybody and knowing everything uh, about your business. Uh, if you're not so speaking of that, Taylor, what you know about the twoies? Well, you know, and, and again, it's it's one of those things. You know, high school kids talk, and you know what's true, what's not. But so uh, in context, Taylor and I are in the age range, sort of for yeah. the twoies kids. Yeah. Um, uh, I'll say I'll say this. I, I went to a, a, another uh, private high school uh, in here in in Shelby County, um, and, and kind of ran around the same people. And uh, I never uh, uh, how, how do I how do I put this? Um, I, I never heard anything too kind um, about uh, about our uh, uh, his I guess adopt well, it's not even his adopted brother. Um, his conservator brother um <laughs> uh, never really heard anything too nice about him and, and that's you know again i think it's one of those things i know you know you're, you're mean to one person once you're gonna tell 10 people but i i never heard anything too great um you know and of you know of the twoies um there has been lots about them you know, and, and we were having this conversation earlier. Um, it is hard to be someone who makes a lot of money and is uh, always a good person. Um, yes. <laughs> it's just hard to be. Uh, it, it, I'm not saying there aren't people that do it. There are. But, um, you know, I think here we're in saying Memphis. saying capitalism is, is predatory. Yeah. And I think I think in Memphis, you know, um, at least among like I think our age folks, you know, I don't know about older folks that, that maybe know them or whatever, but. Um, when this story broke, I know a lot of people are like, oh, well, he, he's been trying this for years and all this stuff. And um, no one, I think, in Memphis was really like almost like we weren't surprised by it. I was like, oh, that kind of makes sense. Um, you know, and, and obviously we'll let it play out, you know, in, in court and everything. Yeah. 
but uh, it wasn't very shocking to me um, just from the stories that you hear about folks, because people, people do talk, um, especially if, if you're not a kind person. Um, and yeah. Uh, and the two also, they own a ton of fast food restaurants. Okay. Uh, they, they did. Uh, I believe they, I believe they sold, they them? sold them. I believe he okay. sold them. I think that was one of the, uh, you know, uh, one of the ways they gained some wealth, um, you know, so there's over a funny the years. story. If you remember, I don't know if you remember this, but it was all over. This was before I graduated law school, before I moved up here to DC. Um, there was a viral Facebook post, viral from Memphis, y'all. It was viral from Memphis and ended up on a local blog. Um, you could probably Google it and still find it. Last I checked, the blog was still up. I don't know, but that was about a month ago. Um, <laughs> so Leanne Tui was at one of the McDonald's that they owned and said and made this whole Facebook post about how she saw two young black teenage boys in the corner booth talking quietly among themselves. And she went over and said, Hey, what are y'all doing? And they said nothing. And she said, well, I own this place. So you got to tell me what's going on. And sure enough, they were trying to, they told me that they were trying to get enough money together to go to a movie. And so I said, Oh, well, here you go. Let me give you this. And then, and then she took a picture with them with these two young black men standing so awkwardly. And like posted it so that everyone can tell her what an amazing white savior she is. And then one of the young black men commented after the post going viral, he was like, I'm so embarrassed. And he was like, I just want to be clear. We were not broke and our parents had the money and were willing to come bring us the money to go to the movies. We were just trying to figure out if our parents needed to come bring us the money. And she stepped in and we didn't ask for it or want it or anything. And then um, somebody said, well, how did the picture come about? And she said, um, or they, the, the young man said, well, she told us, oh, this would be a great moment for a picture. And before I knew it, her friend was snapping a photo of us. And like several things wrong with the story. One, I don't care if you own the place. Why is it your business to go up to somebody having a private conversation and demand of them to tell you what their conversation is about? They weren't shouting, fighting, causing a ruckus. Two young black boys just sitting in a booth huddled between them talking like mind your business for one. And for two, it's like you, you have a problem, ma'am. You really like to try to find these young black men and just use them like use Michael to try to like amplify yourself. And so she got a ton of flack for this and yeah. all over Facebook and everywhere else. And it, it's, it's just, it's indicative of what folks around well, Memphis will say when it comes to people, when it comes to these folks not being so kind right. and also and, being very disingenuous. And I think, I think, and that kind of, kind of leads me into, so a, a lot of people think that um, this particular thing for Michael War is about money. So, so let's, let's talk money. Also, here, here, here's a little, little, some fast facts uh, for those who don't know about sports, right? So a lot of folks will see, uh, contracts get signed, right? And they are for ungodly amounts of money. Um, what you guys, what what you need to understand is front offices are very good at um, working around a salary cap, right? Um, uh, they are phenomenal with okay, here's how much money I can spend, and then you're like, well, how, it's here. How are they spending this much? Well, uh, see, we added a player option year, and then see, we converted this to a signing bonus, and then. It's very technical and, and very weird. So so let's let's talk about money real quick for Mike Lore. So he signed the following contracts when he played in the NFL. Uh, his original contract was a five-year, 
Okay. Uh, he then signed uh, a four-year, twenty million with the Titans after his time with them. He then signed a two-year, seven million with the Carolina Panthers. Uh, he then signed a three-year contract extension worth twenty-one point six, nine point five million guaranteed. Right. Uh, that was in twenty sixteen. He was released in twenty seventeen. Okay, so some some quick math there. Twenty one point six, twenty eight, forty eight, sixty. Okay, we're about sixty five million. Okay, that's what he signed for. Uh, now his career earnings ended up being thirty four million five hundred six thousand eight hundred seventy five dollars. So, right now, I I like most. That's a lot of money. It's a, a lot of money. And if you're smart with your money, uh, then you can make that last a long time. Now, right. you know, it's over 10 years. So over his 10 year career, he averaged, you know, three and a half million a year. Right. So I, part of me and 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 I, you know, you can speak with conservatorships. Um, this, I think, partly is the fact that I. He has been just so taken advantage of since he was a kid. That I don't necessarily think that this is all about the money. No. I think this is somewhat about kind of taking taking his power back a little bit, taking yes. taking himself back uh, from folks that he think took it, you know, from him. Um, so it's like, yeah, does does he need the money? Probably not. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't imagine that he is like struggling. Uh, uh, he's there's, still, no, there's absolutely you know? zero evidence that he is struggling though. People yeah. are coming to that conclusion and saying, Oh no, he's trying to dry the two. He's up because he blew all his money. And like, there's no evidence. He just had a beautiful wedding. He's got his wife. Like he has a home. He owns like, there's no, there's yeah. literally zero evidence. There's not a, an IRS issue or liens or, I mean, yeah. if, if the story had not- come out, if the story had come out of Michael Lohr files this, and then there is the, the next story is, he owes fifteen million in back taxes, or I don't know, right. whatever. You know, I'd be like, yeah. oh well, that seems that's maybe, shady. maybe, but yeah. But, but as he, of as of now, as of this recording, right? There's no that thing. has not happened. Yeah, there, and, so, and this is the thing. So people ask, like, with the money, let's first of all talk about the conservatorship a little bit more, so that people understand how severe this is. The conservatorship, and you can read it in the order, gave the Tuies to make all of Michael's medical, any of the decisions about his life over him. Not if something were to happen to him and then they, no, they literally had the authority to, to make decisions against him. Had they done that? No. But would you want to have that in the hands of people that you really don't even talk to anymore? Like the number of folks who were just like, why is he making it an issue now? Like what? So you would be fine with that. You would be fine with some people who you don't really have a relationship with anymore, who you also feel that you've been hoodwinked by, regardless of what everybody else feels, if he feels that way, you would be totally fine with them. If you were on life support, those people making the decision to pull the plug on you instead of your wife legally, because even marriage couldn't break that. Conservatorships last forever in Tennessee. They are meant to be permanent because they are not supposed to be used for anything other than someone who is severely and profoundly disabled. That is all that it's not supposed to be used for anything else. And so, again, the number of people who were saying, well, why now? Why didn't he notice before? And I asked and I I respond to that question with another question. Did you actually know what a conservatorship was before Britney Spears? 
I, I, I no. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I can, I can, I, you know, for my, I'm like, I don't know. I didn't know what I that didn't was. I didn't know what a conservatorship was until 2015 when I applied to go work in that medical legal partnership clinic. And I learned, and I learned the ins and outs of it and how it varies from state to state. Why would somebody else learn it? And so it makes perfect sense to me that his attorneys would discover it. Now, there are folks who keep bringing up that apparently in one of the autobiographies or something, he used the word conservatorship just because that word was all, that means nothing to me. It, it would not surprise me if they said conservatorship is, well, it's like adoption, Michael. Well, that's, it's, it's the same thing as adoption because that's how they portrayed it to him. Just because he knew the word conservatorship does not mean that he knew the extent of what was going on. And, and again, yeah. Why would he? Because a judge who is an expert in this and works in probate court in Shelby County all day long, Judge Gomes, she was completely, completely baffled by this and disgusted by it. Like, it's it's something that makes no sense. And so for all these lay people out there, so I'm looking at y'all who want to talk a big smack and talk a big game and say, well, he should have known. Baby, be quiet. Because I know damn well y'all don't know what a conservatorship is. Y'all don't know what a guardianship is. You can't tell me the difference right now. You'll Google it, read it, and still give me the answer wrong. You have no yep. idea what entails in any of this. And so I would I would, I would, would just encourage you to because the number of people who don't know what they're talking about passing judgment. And also, let's... Let, let's he deserves his autonomy. Let's, go, his autonomy. let's take it back, right, to when he was 17, right? Um, and, you know, th- this kid... Right. Who, you know, the situation he was in and, and where he had been and where he'd come from uh, was told by a group of people who he believed had his best interests in mind and who loved him, suppose. Right. That I mean, and I, and I don't want to put words in Michael's mouth or whatever, but I know if it was me and somebody was like, listen, this we think this is what's going to be best. Like, OK, if you think if, if that's what's best, then I like you're adults and are successful. So clearly, you know, a thing or two about something. So I'm going to trust them. And the thing is that, right. He has now learned that, that, that trust isn't there. or It's not there. And, and let's, let's, let's a reminder of what he's asking for. Right. So he asked for the conservatorship to end. Okay. Right. Um, he wanted them to Which not you have to sue for, because a lot of people said, why is he suing? That is the proper route. You have, the person has to sue to bring into the conservatorship. So it's not petty. That's, right. that's legally what's required. Let's, let's go uh, ahead and mention that. He wanted an injunction barring them from using his name, image, and likeness. Yes. Okay. Reasonable. Reasonable. He also wanted a full accounting of the money earned using his name, mm-hmm. right? He, it's not money they have earned, you know, doing what using yep. his name. Yep. He wants to be paid for his share of profits Mm-hmm. And compensatory and punitive damages. Yep, and that so 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 what sense. he is asking for is like I hate to say like what he's owed. Like I'm not saying yeah. you know, but uh, kind of just like what he's owed. Like and let's I mean, go ahead and address the elephant in the room, and that the Tuies are alleging that they have paid him one hundred and thirty-eight thousand dollars because they split the profits five ways for the blind side. First and foremost, I think one hundred and thirty-eight thousand dollars is absolutely pathetic, especially after they have portrayed and this man in a way that's a complete misrepresentation of him. Let's well, start there. Also, the let, number- let's let's that was from June two thousand seven to April of this year. To April of this year, okay. So. <laughs> 
To this day, people are still thinking that he's into the number of people when I was covering this the first time before the order was revealed, he kept saying, well, he was intellectually, he didn't know, like he'd like in the movie, in the movie, dirt, 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 y'all, the movie was a lie. Because like I said in the order, even Judge Benham, who signed that order, said he was not intellectually disabled. It's he was perfectly fine. Hollywood. Hollywood. Yeah. So <laughs> let's go ahead and start there. Um, but then, yeah, I don't think $138,000 would be enough for me to have my whole image. Well, in like uh, I, I think, I think another simple question before all this, right before, because yeah. I know, I know people now know Michael Orr's name, maybe somewhat from this, right. Yeah. But after the blind side comes out between that point and earlier this year, when he filed the lawsuit, show me the number of people who know who Michael Orr is versus the number of people who know who, uh, Leanne Tui is. Exactly. Because here's the thing. Why are they splitting it equally five ways? They That movie is not equally Oh, did they play the five. game? That's oh, what I'm saying. Oh, did when, oh did you guys suit up? Oh, are y'all equally equally uh, able to get a movie in Hollywood about yourselves without this man? No. I don't know why they're splitting it with, the, with this kid. No. Give your kids. I, 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 that's uh, the equal split, whatever. Okay? But... One, they did this under the conservatorship, meaning that they took away his bargaining power because he very much could have bargained with Hollywood and said, I want more money. I don't want the two he's included. They need to get a, lo a smaller cut, which again is reasonable when the movie's about you and you're the star. Um, and also, I want to make sure you portray me correctly and accurately. Like, he lost all that bargaining power. And then on top of it, they're talking about the movie. But how many times did they maybe say... Oh, this is this Taco Bell that we own. You know, it's the Chewies I've seen in the blind side with Michael Over. Like, how many times did maybe casually Leanne and Sean throw around the blind side and Michael Ower and their great big deed that they did for him, yep, allegedly? Sure. How many times did they maybe use that for other opportunities throughout Memphis? You know, kind of informally. Like, how do you calculate that? Because um, they definitely did. They, they, they. <laughs> Even the young men who took the picture with her at the McDonald's, those young boys, just like a random aside to show, the, the young man who was upset about it, he said, well, I know that's Michael Ower's mom, which again is another example of how everybody around town, because the way they portrayed it was they portrayed it as if he was adopted and he was their son, even though that wasn't true. But he even said he was only so polite and patient with her because he knew that was Michael Ower's mom. Like, but they definitely leverage that around town. And then I also just want to put this on the table. We're talking about money, Taylor, because you and I talked about this before, where people kept saying, well, if he's not broke, why is it about money? You have to prove damages to bring a lawsuit, y'all. That's how it works. Even so, if he didn't need the money, even so, if he didn't want the yeah. money, you have to talk about money. In order, it's one of the elements that you have to prove to show that your case is worthwhile. Otherwise, people would be suing each other for all kinds of things. So, so what you're saying is uh, he couldn't just say, uh, I'm sad. No. <laughs> oh, you, you, he can't just be like, man, I'm upset. You have to show damages. Weird. This comes up. I'll give an example of this. This comes up all the time in defamation cases where people will say, well, they spread lies about me. Can I sue them for defamation? It's like, okay, well, what are your damages? What? Well, did you, did you lose a whole bunch of money? Like how much money did you lose? What was your law? Well, I'm just upset because they're lying on me. Okay. Well, and this, this comes up in the, cause I am a content creator. This comes up all the time in the content creator space where people will say, I'm suing for defamation on TikTok or whatever and some drama. No, they're not because they got no damages. So this is just an example of why damages matter. So it, it, it has to be about money in order for him to get the justice that he is owed. 
in court because that's unfortunately the way that our justice system is set up in the U.S. is that we we have to account for human beings with a dollar amount. And it's kind of gross, but how, what else yeah. is he supposed yeah. to do? But so, he doesn't make the justice system. He doesn't control it. Right. Um, so, uh, you know, there there's going to be stuff coming out uh, about this probably over the next year. I mean, this, this yeah. isn't going to be a, uh, I mean, uh, unless the the twoies decide to to settle or do something, this obviously is going to be going to you know it's going to go on for a minute. Um, I, I you know I, I hate I I guess I don't want this to just be what Michael Orr is remembered for, no. um, because uh, he he was a fantastic uh, athlete, fantastic football player. He seems um, to be a very kind person because like yeah. you said, he played for the Ravens, right? And I've talked to people in Baltimore, um, who have said like, Oh, he came and spoke at my high school yeah. and he was so nice. Like he, you don't, the, the way people are trying to drag him and say, wow, he's all of this. He's that he's this, that, and the third, I have never heard a bad thing about yeah. this man. Everyone who has ever met him, every report about him says he's kind, he's humble. Yeah. A no, lot no, of no scandals, no, no oh, scandals in the no NFL. Scandals. Let's remember that. No scandals. So far, a loving husband. I know he's newly wed, but so far, a loving well, well, husband. Hey, hey, I think was, they've been together for 17 years. That is so beautiful. This is what I'm saying. They, they, met, so they met at Ole Miss. That is beautiful. Y'all, this is a beautiful, beautiful man. Yeah. This, is, this is not – this is so – I think that's what's most upsetting, too, is seeing the number of people who see him trying to sue. Because, again, I'm pretty sure that a lot of y'all, if you went through that and had somebody who completely misrepresented your name, made you look like a fool, and – had medical control over your life despite whatever y'all would be wanting to if you if you had the means if you had the means to go after someone like that exactly absolutely i know i would and and but again one thing i also want to point out is the number of folks in baltimore who have told me yeah he came to speak and he talks nothing like that in the movie they made him seem slow that's that's the term that I've had other people yeah. use for me. Yeah. They well, like don't use that in an in a unkind way, but that's the actual that's the specific word. Well, that people it, use. they're like they try to make that boy seem slow because you know country people are. But. Uh, well, uh, yeah, and and, it, and if you want, you know, so so there was a book called The Blind Side, and he was featured in that book. His story it was part of a. There was more more than just his story in that book, but um, Michael Orr did write his own autobiography called "I Beat the Odds: From Homelessness to the Blind Side and Beyond." Uh, so you can read, uh, you know, his story in his own words um, without uh, any type of, you know, necessarily Hollywood flair uh, in there. And, and those are his words. And you can learn a little something about that. But uh, this, it, you know, this this is fascinating. Um, I, I mean, just I, there and I can nothing like this has ever happened with an athlete. Um, while there have, I'm sure, been. Uh, you know, folks that went on to great success that, you know, maybe were, were fostered, you know, fostered and then adopted or whatever with folks or, you know, came from nothing, brought some of them up. There's never been a story like this, uh, as far as I know, in at least in, you know, United States uh, professional sports uh, that I am aware of. Uh, can't speak internationally, but uh, that's why this is a big deal, because yes. uh, this is a weird one. Um and it uh, obviously for 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 Liz and I, it hits close to home. It is right here uh, in Memphis. This there. is where he uh, made his start and where the Tuies made their name. So I ain't uh, never in life seen a high profile national case come up and go, "Damn, I know both judges involved." <laughs> <laughs> I've never had that happen before. No. That was that was wild. That was absolutely wild to me. Yeah. But 
So we'll, you know, if there's updates, we'll cover it again. But I want to kind of switch to a little segment that I think we're going to do at the end of every episode. Because sometimes, sometimes the subjects get I, a little heavy. I, well, I got, I was a little fired up during that, you know, just a little, you little were fired, fired up. You were fired up. A little, little bit, a little bit, a like, little bit. Um, but, uh, yeah, so <laughs> one thing that Catherine, my bestie and I, Taylor's partner, and I joke about all the time, is uh, Taylor's complete... What, what, what is, what is the word It's not, hold on, hold on. It's not complete. Okay, complete is a very oh, encompassing not word. Not complete, but oh. um, hilarious uh, ignorance to a lot of things in pop culture. I, there are a few things along, I, I just turned 32, um, and maybe there are a few things that I have missed along the way. I have, <laughs> I, I have, I have, I uh, have, taken in a lot of things but yes i have maybe <laughs> missed a few things so what do you think i have missed that would make my life better knowing it exists okay so i've been trying to think of how i want to do this segment every time we do an episode and so today how i'm going to do it is the blinds came out in 2009 right okay starring miss sandy sandra bullock i love her okay do you know what other movie came out that year that Sandra Bullock starred in? Uh, 2000, so this is 2009. Yes. Um, okay. Uh, was it a successful movie? Semi. Semi. Semi-successful, I think. Yeah. So, um, and I, I It's cannot, not my favorite Sandra Bullock movie. I cannot me. remember the time. So, okay. So I'm going to take more. All right. I believe Miss Congeniality had already come out. Was this the sequel to Miss Congeniality that came out in 2009? No, because I actually would rate that higher than this movie. Personally. Oh, boy. What? Um, okay, I know she was in... was looking good in Miss Congeniality, too. Okay? I know she, like, was, I know she was in both of those movies. Um, I also know she was um, in... Um, and, of course, I can't... I can't see, I know these things. I just don't know these things. It's okay. Um, she was in two, really? Yes. So the movie that it was, was The Proposal with Ryan Reynolds. Okay. Okay. I did not know that came out in 2009. Uh, I have I seen that movie. This, but this is a trail. This is a trail. This is the trivia trail. Okay, fine. All right. I have seen that movie and I do enjoy that movie. Okay. I think it's all right. I just, I have other Sandra Bullock it's, movies. It's, 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 it's a, it's a fun little, like, I, the, the, the open, okay. I take, the opening bit is fun of, of yes. them in the office. I think that's fun. And then it just turns into your normal, like, Oh, you know, like yes. thing, but okay. All right. All right. Trail. Okay. So there's step one. There's okay. a trail. There's a trail. Okay. 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 Also practical magic with Sandra Bullock is like one of my favorites has a chokehold on me during fall and you should watch it. Um, speed, speed. Yeah, that was that, the movie yeah. I was thinking of. Thinking Sorry. Of speed? Okay. This was I, I was thinking of other Sandra Bullock movies and I, I love speed. <laughs> Just, I'm not, I love speed. That's going to get clipped. Okay. Okay. So, um, Ryan Reynolds is her co-star in that film. Do you yes. know who Ryan Reynolds is married to? Uh, Blake Lively. Great. Do you know how many children Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds have? This is a fun trail. This is a fun trail. I feel like maybe some so, people aren't here going with this. Okay. So, um, 
I met Ryan Reynolds trainer and hung out with him in August up in Nashville because <laughs> he's actually cool. the guys that do my training. And I work with Don Sal, uh, Matt winning, uh, Don Saladino is his trainer. Shout out to Don. Don's a great Thanks. guy. I know he's his trainer. They're very good friends. Deadpool program. How many kids do they have? I'm going to say, oh God, I'm going to say two. I'm going to say have two. four. They have oh, way that's... more children. That's three more children than I want. Okay. <laughs> God, that's that's five more than I want. Uh, uh, okay. God. Okay. Four. Okay. And do you know what artist is so close to Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds that they have name checked um, three of their daughters? Because they just recently had the four. Three of their daughters in their songs. Okay. They're can, so close. Can I can I get a genre to at least No. I just feel like I feel like you're gonna be like, ah, oh, once you see where I made this connection, how I made this connection. Okay, where you made this connection. Okay, so there's a because I'm doing this trail. There's a oh god. Are it's we related to something we were talking about earlier on the phone. Oh, that is <laughs> that is so and I should have maybe listened harder uh than I was. You were the one who spurred the conversation about this artist. Oh. Really? 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 Dead ass. Really? Who is it? Is it Taylor Swift? It's Taylor Swift. And what NFL player is Taylor Uh, Swift currently dating? My number one overall, or I guess it was number fifth, my first round draft pick in fantasy Number 87, Travis Kelsey. There you go. You did it. You made it. You made it through the trail. It was a bit of a, I needed a little help along the way, you know, but, but I I feel like, I feel like I did pretty good. I feel like I I got, got there. Okay. Four kids. That was the most surprising thing out of all of that. Weirdly enough. And I think they might all four be girls. I think that Ryan Reynolds is full girl dad mode. If I'm not mistaken. I can't remember what that fourth one. The fourth one was born not long ago, but yeah. Do you remember the city that they went to in Alaska in the proposal? Was it Anchorage? I don't know any other. No, city Sitka. It was oh, Sitka, Juneau. Alaska. I do know. I do know Juneau, Alaska. And those, See, but that's that. Those are the things I remember. You know, those are the things I remember. That's so I, I, I have missed out on a few on a few things, but but I love that you saw the proposal. I love that you knew what movie. Yeah. I love that we made this little connection. I know people are probably watching, and there's somebody out there. There's some football fan who's just like, "Not Taylor again." Ah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I. I. I yeah. It's. Uh, it's but not you, Taylor. Not me. Too. Yeah. For the first time, folks are like happy that it's me, Taylor. Uh, you know, kind of thing. But, uh, all right, y'all. Well, I think that's about it. This has been Illegal Moves with Liz and Taylor. Taylor, any final words for the people? I think you should always end with wise words. What, what, what advice do you have for the folks? Yeah, a- a- absolutely. Um, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, on, uh, out there in the world, it's, it, you know, on, uh, any given Sunday, anything can happen. Uh, you know, uh, sometimes you're, you're going to hit a home run and sometimes you're going to get cross-checked uh, into the boards. Uh, but remember that, uh, you should, uh, never give up and, uh, you know, uh, probably go listen to some Taylor Swift because, um, clearly it works for Travis Kelsey and, If it's good enough for him, it's good enough for me. And don't get unlawful conservatorships on people. Okay.
yeah, don't go do uh don't go do unlawful or or untoward things to people. But uh, but yeah, I I'm 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 racking my brain on what I want our next episode to be. I've got a couple ideas of of things I want to throw your way, uh, right. because uh, sports has a long and uh troubled history at points. So it does. It has many illegal moves. Oh, uh-huh. uh, trail. <laughs> All right, right, y'all. Have a good one. Be good. (laughs)